The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We're talking stolen bases. We're talking uh, figuring out some category management in the second half of drafts. All tonight on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Coming up next. Happy Sunday evening, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. I am Scott Jensen. Join us always on Sunday nights by Jeff Erickson. Coming at you a little bit earlier this Sunday. It's actually a light out, so the, our lighting might look a little bit different. But uh, Jeff's got to go. Uh, got to go run around and play a soccer games. So we decided we'd jump on a little bit earlier. No Fab this week, obviously. So it's uh, it's a good time. Jeff, how is how's your weekend been? Pretty good, although I'm confused. There's no spring training. There's no football. My golfers sucked this weekend, so I mean, it was it was weird. Um, NASCAR it was on, and I, I tweeted this out: uh, real life victory laps are better than Twitter victory laps. But you know, uh, you know, it, it's okay, it's fine. But you know what? It, it I I'm hoping, hoping that this is the quiet before the storm. Uh, so, so I was going to ask you, it seemed like uh, I've been pretty pessimistic, but it seems like the fact that uh, uh, owners and players are like, there's owners flying in, there's players flying in, there's something that I meet every day this week. Uh, you and I talked last week about like the, the big crush was going to be the first week of March. I think uh, we are right about that. Maybe it's just a little bit off on the dates. It looks like February 28th is kind of the, you know, the drop dead date for now to have a full season. I think that can get pushed back to March, you know, third, fourth, fifth, they're making, they're making ground. But uh, this week feels like uh, the biggest week yet if we're going to get a, a full scale season. On one hand, we do finally have like meetings scheduled all week, right? That's supposed to be pretty good. On the other hand, the offers haven't been remotely close to each other. And let yeah. no, the, the owners haven't moved a bit. And I, I want to make sure that the onus is there. Um, as much as, you know, I, I don't want to both sides this. I think that's my point of emphasis is that this is the owner's lockout. Um, I read a really good article today by RJ Anderson on CBS discussing like, the nuances of the CBT that, you know, it's not just that they're not moving on the amounts, the thresholds, but they're also severely taxing it a lot more than the, the taxes, the penalties for going over the competitive competitive balance tax, as they now call the luxury tax, right. are a lot more punitive. We're talking it used to be 20 percent. They want to make it like 75 percent. Uh, you know, it's a lot higher, higher pain threshold here. And only six teams have ever gone above it in the first place. So it already kind of served as a salary cap. Now they're really trying to make it a hard salary cap instead of a soft cap. Without and meanwhile, revenues have far outpaced, 
you know, the, the, the growth of the competitive balance tax. Uh, Travis Sawchuk did a really good uh, tweet, uh, a tweet thread on this, uh, which RJ actually quoted in the article. I, I tweeted out the article. Highly recommend people reading it. You get a better idea of where at least the on, on one issue where everyone stands. This is not a both sides issue. Yeah, I, I think I agree. The interesting thing with the, that came out this week was the players saying, essentially, if we don't get this, uh, you know, full pay, full season, uh, you know, we're not going for expanded playoffs, which is a huge right. thing for the playoffs so they, or for the for the owners. I mean, that's their money comes in the playoffs. They want another round of playoffs. That's been very clear. Like the last three years, they did that in the COVID season and all that. It's very clear that's very important to them. It's interesting to see how much of that uh, of that players, you know, I don't know if we call it a threat or you know, negotiation tactic. How much of that uh, plays in? Because I know the owners want that expanded playoffs. Yeah, of course uh, they do. And in fact, that, that that's the expansion of revenue that we're talking about. Yeah. And you know, they want to go up to fourteen teams. Uh, which again, and and here's the other thing: it's a major issue too for the players because more teams make the playoffs, there's actually less incentive to spend. Yep. Because at least on the middle. You, you know, you sneak, have a much you sneak better in the back end and see what happens, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting. I think this 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 week will tell us a lot. I think that if we're you know if we're talking next week and there's been no uh, no ground made up, I think that we're in a pretty bad place. But uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully with the you know the stress of trying to get this thing done, we might actually get some movement. But uh, let's hope there is. We actually had a little piece of uh, news this week. Uh, Josh Jung had an injury. Uh, it's uh, a labral injury in his shoulder. Sounds like he's going to be, um, you know, just kind of shelved for a while. Then who knows what happens. I'm going to try and, you know, do it without surgery. But uh, that's just kind of thing that, you know, with a hitter, a shoulder, a guy who, you know, needed to kind of have a spring to get in the lineup kind of thing anyway, I'm kind of just uh, off that fully in a redraft league. Yeah. You know, the thing is, too, I heard, uh, yeah, that, that's awful. Uh, if it's a shortened season, he's already up against it a little bit, as is every, every prospect. By the way, I believe it's Josh Young. Listening to Clay and James, I, I, messed on the up, I messed up the name. Podcast. I messed up a name in the first three minutes. That's pretty good. I, well, I was calling it Jung all along until I heard Clay and James talk about Josh Young. Josh Young, and I keep on wanting to say Jung or Jung. You know, I want to put my own spin on it there. Uh, but right. you know, what? I think it is Young. And correct us if we're if the correction is wrong. List likes to chastise me when I I, I correct him, but then I'm actually incorrect. Um, so <laughs> yes, Heather does that to me all the time. Um, it's probably true. I probably do it all the time too. So just, just a heads up on that, but, uh, yeah, that's big. You know, honestly, that that's really bad news. If you're, if you have Seager, if you have, uh, you know, Semyon, Nathaniel Lowe, I want that lineup to be better and it's better with productive Josh Young. Uh, yeah. Isaiah Kiner Falefa gets more run. I would guess at third base as a result of this, which is not a good thing for a real world baseball lineup. No, no, but maybe I, you know, I think you would want him being pushed back to catcher if anything. Yeah. Uh, but although I don't, cause I have Jonah Heim in a couple of places already in yeah. some draft and holds. I think Jonah Heim might be a better hitter right now anyway, but uh, perhaps it's uh, it's weird. You look at the lineup, you're like, Oh, they added all this money with, with Simeon and Seager. And they still look at it. You're like, Oh, Simeon Seager. And then, you know, kind of what else we got? Obviously we've got Adolis Garcia. Um, a lot, a lot depends on the Calhouns. If they can stay healthy, I suppose, you know, we're kind of waiting for Willie Calhoun to, I think stay. he's a singular Calhoun. I don't think there's anybody else to wait for. Unfortunately, is Cole gone? Oh, 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 gosh, darn it. Correct the corrector. All right. Um, nice. I I thought you were only saying waiting on uh, Willie because we're, we've always been waiting on Willie. But No, I meant uh, Calhoun's both of them because that's uh, – Yeah, know, they do have Cole also. You're, yeah. You are correct, sir. Um, yeah. 
Ironically, we're going to be talking stolen bases tonight, and Kiner Falefa did steal 20 last year, and he is cheap, cheap, cheap. But for a reason, he's bad, bad, bad. So that's a good segue. Let's jump into stolen base. We're we're talking about the stolen base market kind of in the first half here. In the second half, we're going to talk about some kind of draft strategy, category management, you know, guys that you can draft after pick 200, say, if you're, you know, struggling in stolen bases, or you realize you're a little bit behind an average or behind in wins or whip or whatever it may be. We're going to kind of highlight a couple of players in each category to get you going there. But let's talk about steals first. Um, steals have been a big topic in uh, the early drafts. They, uh, you know, everybody's like, you got to get your steals in the first uh, three or four rounds. You know, there's a lot of talk about Vlad Guerrero Jr. He's a, he's a first <laughs> round pick, but, you know, everybody kind of pushing him back a little bit because can you start the draft with no steals? Can you take Freddie Freeman in the second round, Raphael Devers in the second round, get no stolen bases out of your, you know, one of your, one of your picks there. If you have, you know, Trey Turner or someone like that, sure, then you could do it. But there's a lot of strategy built in there with some really good players, but don't steal bases. They're getting pushed back. But you look at stolen bases, and I looked at your, uh, your you wrote a really good article on, uh, you know, the, the targets you need in each category in the, in the main event, TGFBI, the online championship. Um, looking at stolen bases, it looks like last year, the 80th percentile, and I kind of use that as a spot, like, you know, you want to be at the 80th percentile everywhere. You're going to compete overall if you do that. Uh, last year, you needed 121 stolen bases. 2019, so jumping back, obviously skipping 2020 with the short season was 125. And you, as we're getting on air, you point out to me, 2018 was 137 stolen bases. So it's really dropped off from 2018 to 2019. We had happy fun ball. Everybody's hitting home runs. Everybody's striking out. Obviously, a lot less stolen bases with that. Um, the online championship target last year was 127 uh, in uh, at the 80th percentile. So it's uh, the, the numbers dropped, but uh, as I look at these players, it's a, it's it's a, it's a puzzle to get there, even with the drop number. Yeah, uh, it is, and you know, that it, you know, both things are true. It's you need less of a number, but you also need to. Uh, but you, you also, it's harder to find those just to get to that number. Uh, to me, it's remarkable that in three years we saw that big of a drop, Scott. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sixteen stolen bases is just wild to me that we see saw that big of a drop. Uh, and then it's similar on the online, the 12 team online championship. We went for in 2018 and we needed 145 wow. to get to our 80th percentile. Now it's down to 127, 18, you know, drop of 18. Uh, same with the 70th percentile. It's the same thing. 70th percentile is usually good to cash in your league. Um, you, you, if you average 70th percentile in every category, that's why I list right. that there. 50th is there kind of as a benchmark. If you just, if you were going to give up one category, you still need to get about half. You know, and any any game that's got an overall contest, you can't do really worse than that. Yeah, um, if you're in a standalone, you know, and punting steals is something you want to do, that clearly is a strategy you can do. You got to be perfect, you know, or really, really good everywhere else. But you know, we're talking about uh, you know online championship uh, main event. There is an overall component. If you if you throw up uh, a zero at stolen bases, it, it's, it's it can be done. Like someone a couple years ago won the main event with. Uh, you know, only like 40 saves, but he, I mean, they were literally like 96 percentile in a bunch of other categories. So it's a really tough mountain to climb. It's hard to be perfect everywhere else in a 15 teamer. Uh, like you said, I think you at least want to get to 50 percentile in stolen bases if you're going to be able to hang in there overall and, and do really well everywhere else. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, the thing is, we've talked about this in the context of this year of lads like the hot button guy. Mike Trout's been that guy, though, too. We've been talking yeah. about that. We've talked about Arenado in the past and. It's harder now. And there's a great increased emphasis on getting your aces. So if you don't get stolen bases early, you go Vlad, if you go Vlad in the first round, you go Mike Trout in the first round, you're getting one to three stolen bases there. Yep. You're either giving up an ace in the second round or you're giving up speed in the second round. And you, yep. you, you know, then you're, but if you're in your home league, it doesn't matter. It's fine. 
I mean, it does matter to a certain to the extent that you don't want to give up the category completely, but there's no overall contest. Yeah, you can. It's totally fine. And I think we got to remember that not everybody that listens to us is an NFPC NFPC player. For I sure. love the NFPC. You guys know that. Uh, but there's there's a greater audience out there. Points leagues, head the head leagues for crying out loud. They're like whatever. You guys so are there, wasting I'm my times. I'm going to ask you. Let me ask you that question then. I know that a lot of people play points leagues and head to head. Um, is this the kind of year where you just wouldn't even think about stolen base then? If you're a, if you're a standalone, would you punt? If you're in a points league, would you just not? I mean, points league, you don't have to worry about it normally anyway. You're just trying to get as many points as you can. But uh, it depends on your scoring, obviously. The, you know, the, the cut line the FPC runs as a points contest and kind of they try to skew the scoring. So, you know, batting average and, and stolen bases still kind of matter. Uh, if you're in a regular points league, you know, stolen, you don't need stolen base because it doesn't matter. If you're head-to-head, it does matter because that's a category every week. So it's uh, – would you – if you're a standalone Roto League, are you thinking like I'm just not going to worry about it this year and see where it figures out? I mean, it's just a – it's a tough year if you don't get it. No, well, no. I, I and The other – I do it this way. I would say, I mean, you do your work ahead of time. Get your rankings. If you're in an auction league, get your dollar value set and be ready to pivot. Yeah. Something is usually going to be emphasized. Something is usually going to be de-emphasized. de-emphasized. Just take advantage of that. Uh, easier said than done. I think we might see the moment. Main events. I think we might see some main events where Vlad gets to you know pick ten, pick eleven, pick twelve. And if you're down at the end of the draft, you got to figure out if he slips and everybody's panicking about getting a pitcher or stolen bases. You know, are you willing to do it? Can you figure out a path to do it? Have you thought about uh, you know who'd be your second, third, fourth round pick? I think you've got to be able to be ready to adapt to that because there are going to be some leagues with some of these. uh, You know, the Trout and Vlad guys are going to slip a little bit because people are worried about that. We're going to get Vlad getting Vlad at like pick seventeen. Because that's course, what he always, does. Yeah. He's going to get some Vlad Devil magic going for no, us no, here. No Vlad Sedler there. we're talking about here, getting yeah. Vlad Guerrero Jr. Um, sure. Um, yeah, I, I, the thing is, yeah, there, there's a path. And if you, just like anything else, you, and let's remember, we're getting something great. In fact, I'm drafting 10th on Tuesday night in the mixed labor draft. There's a plausible scenario there where I'm, yeah. I'm getting Vlad Guerrero Jr. at 10. After all that talk I've had with Fred or anybody else, and I don't, like that build but it's doable um it just means that i have to either give up a starting pitcher a closer or a speed guy with one of my next picks that i'm you know that i would have otherwise gotten i'm gonna have to figure out which is easier to catch up on is it easier to find saves late we've had you know plenty of talk about that about trying how bad it is finding closers right now with the you know with especially with the lack of news um probably going to be starting pitching that is what you is what you give up, or at least early starting pitching is what you give up. You have to make it up in volume later. So I want to talk about stolen bases in terms of like if you do, um, you know, if you get one guy or don't get enough uh, going on. I don't want to talk about early speed because we know we know all the good players that are top uh, of the fifteen players that have twenty or more stolen bases projected by. I just use Steamer. Um, Ten of those go in the first four rounds. So the the, the main, you know, sixty seven percent of those guys are early round. Mm-hmm. There's two guys that are right after that. Jazz Chisholm seventy third overall ADP. Tommy Edmond is eighty one. And then you get some guys. Uh, there's three guys in the with projected over twenty steals who are in the hundreds. You have Miles Straw at one fourteen. Akil Badu at 148 and Ryan Tappy at 262. So I want to talk about if you are low after those first five rounds or if you maybe have one guy you need some more. Uh, what we're doing, you know, in round six through ten, if you need some stolen bases. Uh, do you like Tommy Edmond? Jonathan India is on the Reds. He had 12 stolen bases last year. We'll talk about Miles Straw in a second. But between the guys like 80 to 100 here, we have Tommy Edmond, Jorge Polanco, Jonathan India, Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, we talked about Dalton Varsho a little bit last week. Is there one of these guys that you really like if you need some steals that you're grabbing in the the fifth or sixth round, you're kind of just getting it done right there. Well, um, I like 
uh, Tommy Edmond Jr. At least I did like Tommy Edmond Jr. until I talked to John Legaza and listened to him on his, you know, uh, com- you know, on his pod uh, where he was doing kind of the counterpoint to us, believe it or not. Yeah, uh, I mean, he made a pretty good case against Edmond, and he's not the only person that's made that. I like, I, I like Edmond as a player. I like, I liked him better. Well, well, he actually still has second, third, and outfield eligibility, if I'm not mistaken, but. There's a pretty strong case that he may not keep that forever, uh, but like top of the lineup, especially. And if he's hitting towards the uh, bottom part of the lineup, he might not run as frequently. I, I have wanted to get him. I did get him in a couple of drafts where I waited. Like, I think the league where I got Vlad uh, in the NFPC 50, the 12 teamer, I think I did get Edmund uh, as one of my, you know, reactions. I got Edmund and Miles Straw because I, I really wanted to be the subject of every Twitter argument about speed, but uh, I, Kind of still like Edmund. Jorge Polanco is right there. I like better as a hitter. Edmund's probably got a higher stolen base upside. Polanco's got a better a better hitter upside. Yeah, for sure. I don't like Dalton Varsho for the price. I yeah. will not draft him uh, at that price. Where are you on uh, Bobby Witt Jr. right now? Obviously, we don't fully know if he's going to be opening day, if he's going to be three weeks after. Uh, where do you fall on that at the price? Is ADP? And for ADP, just a general use, I'm using uh, draft champions drafts over the last month. I didn't want to just use all the drafts. I don't want cut line in there because obviously the scoring is a little bit different than Roto. Uh, where are you on Witt Jr. at 90? That's the that's the six seven turn in a 15-teamer. Um, I think that's a little high, but I'm not that far below that. Uh, where The one league I got him, uh, I got him where uh, I where did I get him? I got him in the speakers draft, uh, the the first pitch Arizona speakers draft, and I got him at eight point four in a fifteen teamer. So that's like one oh nine, I want to say. I think that's that's a bad. Well, obviously, I draft him. I think it's a good price. Yeah. Um, if I didn't, then I'd be like acting against interest, which would be really weird. It was know, after obviously I will never get there in any of the over these overall yeah. contests because somebody will want the sexy pick. Uh, you're the Reds guy, uh, Jonathan India. He was not, uh, not a big steals guy in the minors. Looked like he had, uh, he had about 11 in 2019. He had 12 last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he only got caught three times. So it was, you know, 80% efficiency right there. Do you think 12 is kind of what we're looking at? Do you think there's a little bit of, uh, upside with his stolen bases? Where do you think his number, uh, if you had to project a number, where does he fall in? I'm trying to, I have my projections up where I sorted by, I've got them for 14. Okay. So, so right, in, right in that range. Yeah. I think that's in, in range. I don't, I think he's kind of what you see is what you get. I don't know if there's another level left in him, uh, if that makes sense. Does I mean, the nice thing with him, though, is we talk about these guys, you know, you talk about Tommy Edmond had 11 home runs last year. Jonathan Indy had 21. So you're not getting, you're not getting anything empty anywhere else. Uh, you got, obviously, he's someone that's, you know, growing and getting better and he should be, uh, should be leading off for the Reds. And you got Winker, Votto, and Suarez behind him, should score a lot of runs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we're getting in this range, we're not talking about guys after 300. Um, I really like to get someone that doesn't leave me empty elsewhere, which is, uh, you know, always a little bit of concern with Edmond. He did have 11 home runs, but, you know, hard, hard hit rate uh, was about 35%, doesn't walk. Um, that maybe hurts the stolen base a little bit. And I just worry a little bit with Edmund that he had two stolen bases in 2020 in 55 games. Obviously he had 30 last year, but it's just, uh, I look at that. I just worry a little bit, you know, it's, it's everything has to be perfect for him to run. True. Uh, true. And, and you hate seeing that. And the guys that, you know, go from like 20 to zero, you're like, what happened? You know, yeah. Ahmed Rosario is another guy that's like that. And then he kind of, he came back a little bit last year on that though. You probably uh, figure there's some sort of like ankle or hamstring tweak in there at some point that they're able to play, but not able to run it out. Right. And he had that whole, I wasn't able to get on base problem too. And yeah. that, that seems like that would be a good reason not to run. Uh, so I, I think that's, you know, something you watch for a little bit. I think it, I wish I had been walked a little bit more. 
Um, he, you always he you always like you, know, you always like that twelve percent walk rate just to kind of steal some stolen base opportunities, which is hard to get when you walk five percent of the time. Yeah, uh, the thing is, and, and that's one thing you comparing him versus Straw. Straw does walk. Uh, let, let let's jump into Straw then. Are we kind of sure? He, let's he, make he, the Straw he, Man he, argument. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah, I know. I, I had to get not. Hey, that's that's like yeah, center square. I he mean, he was I had like to get the take talk it. of January on Twitter, so I don't get too much deep into Straw. But his ADP is one fourteen. There's a lot of talk. You know, if uh, oh, if you miss steals early, just get Miles Straw. Well, only one team can do that. And um, you True. know, he's, it's funny. Uh, John, you mentioned John. Uh, you know, with his uh, his podcast, he he was uh, he said something to me at the fact that I can't believe people can tra- comparing him to Lionel De Shields. To which I pointed out, you know, their first three seasons looked pretty much exactly the same. Um, yeah, and, and they, he acknowledged that. He did. He did way. acknowledge it, and then, you know, he he's had some counterpoints on me, so I had to have one on him. But he acknowledged it. It was a good uh, conversation back and forth. It was very, you know, we had a good discussion on it. Um, the thing with Straw is, and the point, the point that uh, James Anderson's made on on the Rotowire podcast is that he, he's a really good defender. Cleveland has nobody else. He's going to be leading off, so that kind of you know buys in some playing time. But when you get someone who just really can't hit very well, there's always the risk of them going into a crazy slump for four to six weeks and like. You just can't put a guy up there anymore. I mean, his uh, he, his hard hit rate was twenty six percent. He's a one percent barrel rate guy. Like he just he can't hit. There is there's no doubt about that. His his uh, his K rate's okay. He's like a nineteen percent. But the, the one nice thing is the walks. The walks are a point that uh, that that do kind of work for him. Ten and a half percent walk rate puts him on base a bunch. But um, so that helps his OBP. If he was a three forty nine OBP guy last year, if he could do that, I think he sticks in the lineup with the defense. But uh, just with someone who can't hit, there's always the risk that uh, you know that gets. Uh, that gets exposed a little bit. Maybe he moves down the lineup or maybe starts platooning. And that's always the concern with someone who, you know, isn't really much of a hitter. Yeah. And the nobody else argument doesn't usually carry as much water as you think it does. Right. Guys get point. moved to positions. George Valera is hanging out in double a, what if he goes nuclear right away uh, in the minor leagues, they might call him up pretty quickly. Uh, you know, there, there's always somebody, you know, they, you know, Miles Straw was not uh, in Cleveland last year. He, he, he's not an Indian now. He was an Indian last year, but you know, point is he wasn't part of that team's plan. You know, and it, all it takes is a little trade, a little claim, you know, guys, you know, guys, guys will get cl- added to the mix if need be, and especially in outfield that that's one area where teams can find a player. Uh, it's harder to find outfielders in real life now than it used to be. It seems like uh, especially, well, it's harder for us in fantasy because the way teams manage their rosters, Yep. That they're carrying 14 pitchers on the roster now, something crazy like that 13, 14 pitchers on the roster. But that, you know, that said, I think Straw has good on base skills, you know, and maybe that maybe teams just start challenging him a little bit more and that that dissipates because, like, okay, he's E6 Sneed, let's let's just throw strikes. Uh, but uh, you know, they between Straw, Mercado, and Zimmer, I mean, those are their projected starters right now. You know, I, I feel pretty good about Straw getting playing time. And we're going to talk Zimmer later because I like him too. But, you know, I, I do think that there's a pretty good chance Straw, you know, cashes in a decent amount. I don't think this is Leody Tavares, to, you know, 2.0 or uh, Shields 2.0. I, I think he's better than that. Yeah. Tavares is a good example because he was the guy last year that we were taking a little bit later than this, but like, you know, eighth, ninth, tenth round, and he obviously uh, did mm-hmm. not work out. Uh, talk to me about Trent Grisham in San Diego. He had a really good 2020. Last year was a little disappointing. He only hit 242, 15 home runs, 13 stolen bases, 527 plate appearances. Did drop the strikeout rate a little bit. Uh, hard hit rate fell off, though. I liked him last year as a guy at the top of the lineup who ran, but also hit the ball hard. He was like 41% 
in 2020 dropped to 36%. Barrel rate dropped in half down to 5.2%. So this is a guy that last year, I, when I was drafting, I thought was a really good hitter in addition to the, to the stolen base upside. Had five caught stealings, which is not really great with the 13 stolen bases. Um, should lead off to start, but the Padres have shown, you know, against lefties, they will either move him down the lineup, they will bench him, which always worries you a little bit when you're, you know, you're buying someone from stolen base. You want them in the you know, top of the lineup as much as possible to get on base and steal in that first inning. Uh, where are you on Grisham? His ADP is about 128. Uh, where are you on Grisham coming in 2021? I've had him a couple times. I think I've drafted him at least once. Uh, I know I grabbed him in XFL as well, which was an auction league. Uh, I, I do think there's a little bit of last year's bump potential here because I don't think too much has changed with what he's capable of doing. We do have a new manager. Uh, I don't know how, how much does Melvin let him run. I mean, he let he Starling Marquette Marquette run. run every single time imaginable, which is, which is, I think I thought it was going to be like, he'd let him run when he could, but like Marte literally ran every time he was on last year. It was crazy. Do you think that they knew that Marte was on this contract push and they're like, go ahead. You know, we're going to be, you know, especially once the, as the team was starting to slip a little bit, they're like, go ahead. I mean, granted, he hit like crazy. So he was on base all the time, too. And he never got caught stealing, which was key, too. I think his first yeah. like 20 were successful. So we knew. Is that good? Yeah. Yeah. When you're stealing successfully and go as much as you want, like, who's nobody's going to stop you at that point? If you caught four times in a row, then maybe we have a talk, you know, in the office after the game, like, you know, maybe you should pick your spot a little better. So I think it was a combination of, you know, them, uh, the ace kind of falling out of it, Marte playing for a contract, Marte on base all the time, like you said, but also just stealing successfully every time. I think just kind of a convergence of everything. But uh, if, if Grisham could be high efficiency, I think Melvin lets him run. If he runs at, uh, what was he last year, 13 of 18, if he runs at that pace, I think he makes him, uh, has him kind of pick his spots a little better than just go. The Padres ran a lot last year. Tatis yeah. had 25 bags. Pham had 14. Machado had 12. Grisham had 13. Profar had 10. Myers had eight. This is a team that, they, they for better or worse, they ran last year. Yeah. I wonder uh, if that changes at all. And that, that's that's one of the things you got to, you know, is the team, team like, are they going to let, I'm sure they're not going to tell, well, they might tell Tatis not to run just because of his shoulder, but that didn't happen last year. We'll see. I, I can think we just, that, can we just teach him the slide feet first? Like they can't be that tarp. Uh, Adalberto Mondesi differs uh, for sure. I mean, that was uh, uh, when we talked about him. That was always a thing. Um, you know, he had a hurt shoulder and he didn't really know how to slide feet first very well, and that and it ended up mattering. It's it was a, it's a tough yeah. thing. And with Tatis, you know, he's your best player. He might be the best player in baseball. That last thing you want him doing is is hurting his shoulder, stealing second base in a you know a game where that base really doesn't matter at that point of time. For sure. Uh, one more guy here in the top 150 I want to ask you before we get a little deeper. Uh, Chris Taylor in L.A. Uh, really good year in 2021. 20 home runs, 13 stolen bases. His first double-digit stolen base season since 2017 uh, with that big year with the Mariners. Um, hard hit rate was kind of back to usual, 38%. Good barrel rate. I'm a little bit worried on Taylor in terms of I don't like the the jump in the strikeout rate. He was a 28.5% strikeout guy last year. I was a little surprised uh, when I looked a little closer at Taylor. I'm a little worried there's some there's some batting average downside here. There is. I think that there's playing time's not really a concern of mine, especially after they've lost some key players and Muncie's not going to be ready for the, I, I don't think Muncie's going to be ready for the start of the season, I don't think so either. depending on when the season starts, of course. But I think Taylor, Chris Taylor is going to get pretty regular playing time. I, I kind of think the the stolen base upside, I, I think 13 was actually probably high. He was 13 of 14 last year. Yep. Uh, I think Chris Taylor probably gets probably, Eight to 11. I think I got him projected for 11. So I should probably say he makes 11, 11, you know, he's 10 to 12. That's what I'll say he, he okay. does this year. But uh, no, uh, it might be a slight come down. I agree that 
the the K rate, the jump in the Ks is concerning. But then again, he had this huge spike in Ks in 2018, and then what was able to kind of correct that. Yeah. We had 178 Ks in 2018. So I think I don't it know. was a I think it was a little bit of a sellout for power year. He had 20 home runs. He was on a he was a contract, contract guy year. also. I think that I think that matters. He wanted to put up numbers and um I think he'll be good. I just worry that uh you know, I don't know. We're getting that that two eighty eight from twenty seventeen. I, I misspoke. That year was actually with the Dodgers too. That he had the big year. I was in Seattle, but that was before that. Um, I just, uh, I think you're looking at. Uh, I think I'd set my uh, my batting average, uh, projecting him like two forty five to two fifty five, rather than the higher numbers we had in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. It's interesting. I think the Dodgers are compared to the Mariners. Like, go ahead and strike out some. We, it's yeah. worth it to have the trade off in the power. Didn't show any of that power at the Mariners. Just wild. He had yeah, one yeah. whole I, I, total. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, in fact, he had no homers as a Mariner. Uh, oh, that, again, that one in 2016 was after he left, huh? Yeah, I just wow. looked at the partials uh, on that one. There I was with the Dodgers in 2016, uh, and then 2017, the ball got livelier, and so yeah. did his bat. Yeah, so he, I mean, but he's he's uh, you know a guy that's a little bit more fully priced this year. Went pick 135. That's the the nine ten turn in a 15 teamer, just after for the sure. first break in a 12 teamer. Um, so you're you're paying for the production. I think. Uh, I think I'm probably out at that price this year. Yeah, I think so too. And you know, you, you, you I, 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 even though playing time's guaranteed, I don't expect a spike in playing time. He had 582 plate appearances yeah. last year. Yeah, and they had a lot of they had a lot of stuff. Form. They had a lot of stuff go wrong in you know regular season yeah. lineup last year that he uh, he definitely got the full playing time. So yep. let's jump into uh, the later rounds. Uh, you know, rounds 10 to 20, and after that. But first, a note from our sponsors at WinBet. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more all at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down on blackjack, slam the slot, to try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in nine states now. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia all are rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. Register for WinBet today, make a qualifying deposit, and wager up to, and a wager up to receive two hundred dollars in free bets. Promotion may vary by state. Download WinBet now. That's W Y N N B E T. WinBet, exclusive partner for RotoWire's Fantasy Podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So Jeff, if you get to the first break and you've gone 10 rounds and you're like, yeah, I've got, you know, I got a few steals here and there, but I, I certainly need to bulk that up a little bit. Um, in the first, kind of the first half, rounds 10 to 15, um, Colton Wong was the first guy that I looked at. Uh, 2021 was really good for him. 14 home runs, 12 stone bases. He had, to, he had some injuries, only had 492 plate appearances. Should he lead off in Milwaukee again, which is a, you know, a good spot for scoring some runs, depending on how Christian Yelich is this year. But uh, the nice thing with Wong is you're getting a guy who steals a few bags, but also helps you in batting average. 265 or higher the last three years. Uh, strikeout rate was up a little bit, but still pretty good at 17%. Um, OBP was not great last year, 335. So you know, you hope that bumps up a little bit if you want to keep him at the leadoff spot. But uh, Wong feels like someone to me that you're going to get. Uh, you're going to get stats in four categories, which is which is really nice at the price. Yeah, I'd say three and a half. I mean, you're you're, you're not going to get RBI. No, I was taking that one out. You're right on the power. 14. You're, you're right. That's 14 in a, a 492 plate appearances. Yeah. I mean, he'll get a little bit more playing time this year. One good thing about the Brewers and Clay Link pointed this out is their playing time is pretty well set. Uh, but he tends to get hurt a lot anyhow. And I, I think he sometimes get tends to get platooned. Uh, so I think that cuts into, I think there's not much of an upside beyond what he did last year in terms of the power. Um, in fact, I would bet on the downside. I think he gets less than 14, uh, which means maybe he gets fewer stolen base attempts too. I've got him at 16 stolen bases. That's it's still pretty decent. That's a pretty he good used number. to be like pick 250, 300. Now you're yeah. paying... You are paying the price. 200 price for him, which it's, it's worth it. Again, uh, just realize that the trade-offs are there. And for a guy that doesn't hit for power, you would kind of a leadoff guy. You would kind of think he's going to get like 90 to hundred runs. He had 70 last year. He's not a huge runs guy either. As we get into these guys, I think you're going to realize that finding stolen bases, you're going to everything everything has a trade-off at this point. I mean, everything after round 10, there is a trade-off. And you're looking at good names there. You look at names that are around these people. Like there are good starters in there. There are good power bats in here. And if uh, you know if you have to get steals, you got to do it. But it it can be painful at times. Um, yep. A guy that uh, got a little buzz on on Twitter and uh, you know online this year is O'Neill Cruz in Pittsburgh. He um, is slated to sh- start at shortstop for the Pirates. Obviously, we got nine million situations going on, but I think we're pretty safe to say the Pirates aren't bringing any uh, high name uh, free agents. Uh, roster resource has him hitting sixth. In double A in 2021, he hit 282, 12 home runs, 18 stolen bases, and only 273 plate appearances. It's a really good stolen base number for only uh, 273 plate appearances. In 2019, across A and double A, he played 70 games, had 11 steals in that season. Uh, does strike out a, a bunch, and you worry about that. He struck out 23.5% in double A in 2021. We see a lot of guys that first run to the majors, that K rate you know, spikes up pretty quickly. If he's uh, you know, striking out 27, 28% of the time, you know, he's not going to get to the top of the lineup. It's hard to get on base. Uh, his, uh, his ADP at the moment is 207. Uh, how do you feel about O'Neill Cruz? Um, I feel like he's a be- more of a batting average risk than any he's getting drafted um, because of the K rate that you mentioned. Uh, he, he's a strange player. 6'7 shortstop. You just don't see that very wow, often. 6'7, jeez, you're right. 6'7, yeah. 210, that's a big dude. Yeah, big dude, but you know, 6'7, he's only 210. It's yeah. weird. He's kind of lanky. 
Uh, right. I think I think our outlook even calls him lanky. Uh, I wonder. Like, do they got Brandon Ingram body playing shortstop? That's that's wild. He only played like six games at AAA last year. Yeah. I almost wonder if he spent some time there and isn't short instilled at shortstop right away. Installed at shortstop right away. Instilled would be like values and stuff, but installed at shortstop. Uh, he may have values that needs to be instilled too. Who knows? Uh, I think that that I, I I probably pumping the brakes at that price. I probably and. Keep in mind, I think there's a whole Pirates malaise thing that does affect players there. And it was especially acute in 2020, obviously. With, you know, even brought down Brian Reynolds, but who at least he bounced back last year. But I don't think the counting stats are going to be that great with him because the lineup around him is not great. I like, I think they've got a core with Reynolds, Cruz, and Brian Hayes. It could be decent. I just the rest of that lineup around him is just so awful. Even the Rangers are like, okay, yeah. We may be crazy for going and spending on Seager uh, and Semyon, but look at that lineup around them. It's yeah, awful. It's, just awful. It's rough. And they do have Cole Tucker that they could kind of throw at shortstop for a month if they wanted to kind of give Cruz a month of at-bats AAA. And yeah. Cole Tucker would be good for their uh, social Newman media. Newman could play there. I mean, it, 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 Hoy Park could play there. You never know. Cole Tucker's dating Vanessa Hutchins. That's pretty impressive for uh, a backup uh, backup shortstop. I am impressed or Am I impressed or depressed that you know that? Uh, impressed. You, you're not. You're not surprised that I know that for sure. I'm depressed that I know who she is, but uh, <laughs> no, I, that's not even fair. I mean, come on, I have she's, she's High School pretty, Musical was pretty, awesome. Yeah, yeah, pretty darn well known. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, no, it's funny because they're all over. They're all over social media just because he's dating her. Uh, let's jump out a little bit and talk about a couple of Rockies. Uh, Rockies are always hard to figure out. Playing time, all that kind of stuff. We've got Rymel Tapia, who is actually projected for 20 stolen bases in Steamer. Uh, you know, he's the lowest guy. He's at ADP 262, lowest guy that is uh, is 20 steals or more on there in their projections. Um, has the chance to lead off a, a bunch for Colorado. Last year, he had 20 stolen bases in 533 plate appearances. He was a big stolen base guy in the minors, too. He had 33 in 2014, 26 in 2015, 26 in 2016. So has a, a history of running a bunch. They had the 20 last year. Um, nice strikeout rate drop last year. He had a good, uh, good bump there. He was down to 13%. His career was over 18%. He was over 20% every season prior to 2020 dropped it a little bit and then really dropped it far off last year. So the, the contact is a good thing. Uh, not a lot of hard contacts, a 31 and percent hard kind of guy, 2.1% barrel. So we're not gonna get a lot of pop out of him. And he had six home runs last year, but I don't know. Give me someone leading off in Colorado for 81 games and a, a little bit of running, uh, you know, at Colorado we've seen, helps the average more than it helps the home run. So if he's getting on base a bunch, um, got to like his chances to at least run, and Colorado really has no reason not to let him go uh, give him a green light at least. Yeah, it's true. And he really does reliably bat leadoff. 81 times against uh, righties last year, 18 even against lefties. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I never seem to have him. And again, you, you, you've pressed the point that it's really hard to find stolen bases late. You're going to have to have some sacrifices. It's another guy who I, I like, you would think he'd score more. If he's batting leadoff uh, as, as, as frequently as he did, he scored 69 runs last year. That's not nice. Um, that's, you know, it, it, it's really, and it's the lineup around him is terrible. It's worse than it was last year, presuming Trevor story ends up elsewhere, which I think we're all presuming. I, yeah. you know, I think that, uh, and, and again, you are really giving up power here. Yep. So this is a two and a half category, two and three quarters category player. Yep. Uh, again, I, you know, I'd rather it, we kind of skip by Robbie Grossman. Give me Robbie Grossman at 175 than over Tappy at this price. If I'm trying to go get my, you know, you could get 2020 from Grossman and 
you did get 2020 at least last year, which is kind of the most under the radar 2020 I think I saw last year. So something, something to think about at least. I don't, I don't think it may be, he may not repeat that, but he, he might go 15, 15. Uh, I, I don't want to have to tap you, but it's better than Garrett Hampson. Let's put it that way. Yeah, Grossman was a, I mean, that was a wild year, man. It was just a, a situation where he, you know, found himself in Detroit and they kind of had a green light and he went 23 20. And I don't know, uh, I don't know where that was in Oakland. He had 100, played 138 games in 2019. He went 6 9. So I don't know. I don't know what happened between Oakland and Detroit aside from a, a green light. He still had for a little bit of power. The high strikeout rate went up. A hard hit rate went up a little bit. But um, I am not buying Ronald Grossman at the price. I think that was, uh, you're paying for a year that we're never going to see again from Grossman. I don't think we'll see. Uh, if I had to guess on him, I'd say you get more like 15 to 10 this year. Fair. Um, that, that's that's fair. I did get Grossman in the same, the same uh, speaker's draft. I didn't pay that price. I got him at 199 uh, for what it's worth. So there are, again, this is a standalone league, so maybe it's a little bit different. Uh, your mileage may vary, but you know, just be aware that he's there for you if you feel like you're light on speed. Yeah, that's a good point. The other guy in Colorado that we talked about, we seem like we talk about every year, is, is Garrett Hampson. Um, playing time maybe finally should be there this year. Yes, I've been a, I've been a Garrett Hampson fader for uh, for many years. Um, I just don't think he's a very good hitter, and I no. always I just hate getting guys anywhere that I don't think are very good hitters. But he had 17 stolen base last year and 494 plate appearance. He did dry, drop his K rate down a little bit. He's down to 24. percent Still not great, but way you know better than he was in those uh, those other years. But you look a little deeper. I mean, his OBP was 289. Like this is a guy that you know, if he doesn't figure it out pretty quick, like I don't know if you can keep Hampson in the lineup. You just can't have a guy hitting you know a 290 OBP guy who has no pop. It's just that's a tough uh, tough to throw the lineup every day. It's not good at baseball. No. Uh, I think that's the real takeaway there. They've got like guys like Velotti, Montero. Um, not all of them can, you know, displace him directly, but you know, they might, you know, and, and we know the Rockies aren't going to sp- sign anybody significant, but what if they sign some veteran? I'm trying to think who, you know, <laughs> Matt, Matt camp. <laughs> I was thinking, no, uh, but no, not, not that, but, uh, you know, trying to think, just looking at the free agents and, uh, trying to see who, who is out there that might be uh, w- worth a flyer on that's like a middle infielder or something like that. Uh, I'll tell you here. I- I'll pull them up because at least some of the, the names, because Fred and I were going through some names like, okay, just just to say that they're not like totally tanking, that make it look good or something like that. Josh, might not even be Josh, good. How players. about Josh Harrison? Bingo. Josh Harrison's a better hitter than uh, Garrett Hampson. Yeah. It's not even close. Garrett Hampson's probably a better defender at this point in this stage of their career. Jonathan VR in Colorado. And I know yeah. he's on our list. Jonathan VR in Colorado would be like so perfect. Think that you think that ADP would pop on that side? Oh my gosh! I <laughs> it, it would. CJ Crone would say, "Man, he's got some helium." <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's it. There's you get you get the feeling they could totally sign some. There's a lot of names out there. They're just kind of middling middle infielders that you totally that's what the Rockies do is they usually sign outfielders to, to block other outfielders but you could see them sign uh there's even uh they could sign Jed Lowry they could sign Chris Owings back mm-hmm. hell they could bring back Mark Car- Matt Carpenter that, that kind of fits in their uh, their free agent profile so there's a lot of uh it's gonna be I mean we talk we're kind of joking around right now but it, it these the, the flurry of free agent signings is going to be absolutely breathtaking it's gonna be nuts to figure out who loses playing time who gains playing time like draft champions leagues that are in the middle of drafting it's gonna be crazy as, as guys get signed and you know guys get blocked guys you know free up for jobs that we didn't think we were gonna have it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty wild it is it is and I I, I made the point on Twitter I've made it on previous podcasts if you, if you want to do a slow draft and especially anything more than an hour window between picks do it now get it over with. 
in case they do come to an agreement in a week or so, even yeah, whatever percentage likelihood you put it in, I, I you, you don't want to be stuck in a draft where people are waiting for the signings. You just don't. Um, and I, you like to think most people won't, but there'll be people that will. There'll be people that you know put in their two hundred fifty bucks or four hundred dollars. They're like, I'm going to wait my four hours and see if Kenley Jansen signs in this window. That sort of thing. It's it's going to happen. Yeah, and the worst spot to be in is one off the turn or two off the turn. You, you're late, you're at night. You make your pick, yeah. or and then someone waits four hours or eight hours. Like TG waits T, they, like in TGFBI, this happened before a couple of times, a T- couple different years, I think. I make my pick at the end of a round, and then wait and wait and wait, and then at the end of the night, they make one pick. And then <laughs> that wait. is the worst. It's going to be scary to put in like, uh, you know, put in your, your auto pick, uh, you know, say you're three picks away and you're on the West coast and you know, the clock starts at five. It's gonna be scary to put an auto pick in knowing that there might be a bunch of news that breaks between, you know, when you go to bed and when you wake up too. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, it might teach you a lesson not to be caught up in the news cycle and just know the player. Right. And, and, and pick on based on skills. This is, it'll really emphasize, Hey, use the capabilities of the NFPC, uh, system where you can, set your auto for the specific round. I'll tell you that saved my butt when I went to Tennessee for the Bengals Titans game, I was in three different leagues and I was just able to like, okay, this round, I want a hitter this round. I want early, you know, this, I want that, you know, and it worked because for four hours I was unavailable. uh, Four hours plus. And and flying back and forth. That's another, you know, yes, exactly. That's like 12 hours over four days. I mean, that's a lot of time. And, uh, yeah, the draft software on all these all these rooms has gotten so much better than it used to be. Yes, you mentioned Jonathan VR. He's unsigned at the moment. Um, I think he takes a lot of heat from people in the fantasy world. Yeah, that unreal 2019 has not been great since, but still had 18 home runs and 14 stolen bases last year. Like it, you look up, you're like, oh, that's uh, that's a better year than some of these guys we're talking about. It's a better year than you know Garrett Hampson or, or uh, probably yeah, better year than Ryan Tapia too with the 18 home runs. He hit 249. Um, you know, strikes out too much for who he is. Does not hit the ball hard, but he's one of those guys that he gets on base and he usually goes. And he usually signs with bad teams. So yeah. you, he, and, want, he wants a green light when he signs. Which hurts your hurts your counting stats, but it helps your stolen bases. Because yeah. he's like, you're like, go ahead, run. The Orioles are like the prime example of that. But the dude went dude went 24-40 with 111 runs in 2019. That is an insane fantasy season looking back. Yeah. And then if you look back at some of like his his prime brewery year, too. I mean, this is a guy that you know ha- has had some pretty crazy seasons. 62 stolen bases in 2016 yeah. with 19 home runs too. That was not an empty power of 62 stolen right. bases either. And he had and then, 92 runs, 63 stolen or 60 the RBIs and he hit 285. Like that's, that's a bonkers like first round year right there. Of course. Then the next year he hit 241 with 11 homers and 23 stolen bases. And he and like then, went into like the one, two turn that year too. Like he was, yes, a, he, he, was a top, he was a top 20 pick. So yeah, uh, let's talk about some late speed darts here. You know, you're, you're in the back, uh, back 10 rounds of your draft. You know, you may not, Desperate need steals, but you know you're going to need some at some point. Um, and I think that you want to get, you know, if someone gets hurt, you're going to want a few guys that to get some stolen bases on your bench or late, you know, kind of your outfield four, outfield five, middle infield, those kind of guys. First guy I want to talk about is, is Rafael Ortega in Chicago. The Cubs are a weird team right now. We talked to them a bunch last year or last week with, you know, Schwindel and, and Patrick Wisdom, where they're just kind of the all the new guys, but they're not young guys. They're all, uh, you know, Ortega's 30. 
Uh, Wisdom and Schwindel are somewhere around there. Um, but Ortega, as of now, could be uh, leading off for the Cubs. If, you know, if the season starts now, who knows who they sign, but he would probably be the leadoff guy. He was good last year. Uh, hit 291 in only 33, 330 plate appearance, 11 home runs, 12 stolen bases. Nice little double-double there. Um, 21% K rate, you know, a decent 9% walk rate, so not horrible there. He is 30. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think we're looking at a lot of upside, but you look at 2019. He didn't play in 2020. He's obviously in the minors. But 2019 in AAA with Atlanta, 20 home runs, 14 stolen bases at 285. This is someone like – Put up numbers in the minors. I know AAA, um, you know, who knows how much you trust those numbers. We've talked about that a bunch. But you talk about that year, you talk about last year in the majors. Um, this is a guy that has been productive for back-to-back years, uh, you know, one in AAA, one in the majors. Yep, right. It's true that he had that good year, but he was gone for so long. I think people just distrust him. I've seen him tr- sl- slide a lot farther. I keep referring to the speaker's draft. We're almost done with it, but it's all industry folks, right? Um, and he slid and slid and slid. Finally, Ryan Bloomfield took him at 20 round 26 and a 15 team or 26 point 11, 26, 12. So he, he was like, I love that 80 slots over ADP. I mean, you're like found money. And, and the funny thing is he hung around in that room, like a stale fart, like for a <laughs> long time. I mean, he just, he was at the, you know, so you know how it's default is based on ADP and he right. was just, it was as if he was a hurt player. That was the funny thing. Do you think that just because he's really boring and 30 and the Cubs are really bad? Like, where is that? I mean, obviously, that's, those are all bad things, but um, I don't know. He was, I think he was... we're, I think it's a room full of people that don't be looked at that look like squares either. I don't know. Um, and you're probably, you know, you're probably trying to get your third closer there. You're probably trying to get the reliever and waiting. You're trying to get your, your starters. Like, it just, I noticed that you get time, you get you drafts where outfielders just fall there because everybody's kind of fill up their outfield. Everybody's needing pitching. Everybody's trying to fill up other spots. It happens. There's always a, you know, every draft has that one or two guys that do that do slide, but I just I don't think you can go that wrong taking or taking. I mean, if he ends up bad and uh, you just drop him, it's it's, it's round twenty one, round twenty two, whatever it may be. Um, you get someone gives me a, someone here with a shot that a decent batting average with a double double capability. I, you know, leading off on any team, I'm, I'm taking yeah. that shot at that price. This was the notorious uh, uh, Ch- Chaz McCormick draft where I took him live on air last week. Um, and I took McCormick right over Ortega as, as an example. That, in fact, it was about a, about a round's worth, about 15 picks before Ortega went. So I could have taken Ortega there uh, for whatever it's worth. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a pretty good case. I mean, it's funny. The Cubs are just chock full, chock full of these guys. They are. It's wisdom. It's crazy. Yeah. I, you know, I, I have. Well, the thing is, I think that's the other reason. I have Schwindel and Wisdom on this team already. Right. I, I, do I want another boring veteran that might lose time? I don't know. You know, Brennan Davis has to come up eventually. I don't know who loses the playing time when, when Davis gets the call. And I think, I do think Davis gets the call this year. Uh, it's, a, it's a sneakily really bad lineup though. It is. Ian Happ is probably safe. Hayward is anything but safe. Frazier is anything but safe, but could, could have upside. Uh, I could see a scenario that can, the question is, can Davis play center field? I think that's still up for debate. In fact, I think the debate has been ruled against him mostly there. So who knows? But then again, they're the Cubs. They may just say, we're going to roll you out in center field until yeah. you prove that you we, you can't play there. Uh, and it's a think, smaller outfield. Hard so, question to answer. Do you think this Cubs spent some money in this flurry of free agent signings? How do you feel? I mean, I know they, they talked a big game in like November, but obviously they, they signed Marcus Stroman, but that's kind of all they did. They got, they claimed Wayne Miley too. They, they took found a found pitcher for free. I mean, it gets all it cost them was money. I don't think they spend big because I think they're more than one big signing away from being a good team. Uh, especially when you look at the rotation, 
rotation is Stroman. Hendricks coming off a terrible year. Wade Miley could be good. Then Mills, Alzale, Steele. I mean, it's like, eh. Uh, they've got an unsettled bullpen. Wick and Hoyer are your, probably your first two chances to close, but I don't think they have one set closer. I think that's a team that has like 10 different guys get saves. The, the, there, there's a lot of ifs where things work out right. Sure, Nico Horner stays healthy and does finally contribute. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, Wisdom is legit. Madrigal comes back all the way and it can hit right away. Schwindel is not smoking mirrors. They got a lot of those before they work it out. So that's why I don't think they spend big. I don't think they're like in the Freddie Freeman sweepstakes or anything like that. For a team that's not very good, though, they really don't have a lot of fun young guys, at least at the major league level at the moment. No, they're, they're, Wilson their Contreras, farm system just got crushed. I mean, Contreras I think is 30, but still, it's just, uh, I don't know. I think they did a good job of re-kick, you know, kick-starting their farm system last year. I think their trades were actually pretty good trades. And they still might may have to make another trade with Contreras. I don't know. We'll see. A uh, few more guys here, and then I want to talk about a few more offensive categories before we get out of here. But a few guys down here, some later darts. Um, a guy that you and I have talked too much about, but you got to bring him up now. ADP's 384. We're way, way down the list now. Uh, Victor Robles, our friend in Washington. Um, question is, is he the starter? Is he batting ninth? I think it's been very clear that uh, I've said it for years. I don't think he can hit. A hard hit was up a little bit, but it's at 27%. Still really, really, really the dregs of the any kind of hard contact. Um, he still has that 2019, you know, stat line in his profile. He had 17 home runs and 28 stolen bases that year. He is fast, uh, can't hit barrel rates, 2.6%. At pick whatever it was the last couple of years, uh, I was fully out. We talked about that a lot, but at pick 385, like it, there's just zero risk down here and you might fall into 20 stolen bases. Yeah. And if you're in a league that doesn't have Derek Van Riper in it, you may get him there. That's um, true. so, uh, no, uh, so, although DVR would not trade for him in our keeper league, he want in, he, he, he resisted there, but then he picked him in this. He goes, why am it's, I, why some, am I like who I am? The scar, the scar has to get too deep to keep picking him, right? Yeah. I don't know. You, you could go to the Chris list. He owes me school there too. Um, I'm not, I'm not persuaded on him, but it's same. Like there, there's, there's zero risk in the playing time possibilities there. I don't like that. They sent him down though. That yeah. just, should, you know, that, that, that's, but that might just been a temporary punitive thing. And, they might be uh, back at it again this year. There's plenty of playing time to be had. You want to talk about bad lineups. Washington is it. Yeah, and they are. And it's just, it probably have to be a team where I'm like, I really am in trouble with steals. So I'm gonna, I got to take a shot on someone who has some real steals upside. But, you know, obviously there's not a lot of other upside there. But um, it had to be the right build. But, you know, I tend to sometimes get stuck a little bit low on stolen bases late in, late in the draft. So I can see myself, uh, might be the first time ever, but I might press the uh, might press the draft button of Victor Robles this year. At 385, um, you know, if he's bad, they sit him down or hits ninth, and he can't hit anymore. You just you just drop him. It's pretty easy. Whereas before, you know, you're really you're really investing in him before, so it's uh, uh, it's an interesting spot this year. A couple other guys late. Um, Tyler Wade, as of this moment, is the starting shortstop for the LA Angels. I tend to think they're going to sign somebody or trade for somebody. I think that they have, you know, they have enough of a lineup there where I think they don't want to have a complete hole at shortstop. But if you look at the steamer projection, Tyler Wade is 17 stolen bases. He's picked 423. Uh, another guy who can't hit is a 13% hard hit rate last year, 1.1% barrel, cannot hit, and still strike out 20% of the time. You hate to see a guy who can't hit the ball hard and strikes out, um, but he's fast. He had uh, he had 17 stolen bases last year. Uh, another guy that probably have to be roster constructed. I'd be pretty desperate for stolen bases to take the shot, but uh, there, there is a, a chance of some steals there. There are, uh, there are, and I did draft him in one league that that same league again. You keep on going, keep on going to the same league, but yeah, and I, I did. I'm not saying I'm not doing drafting that one with my chest out. I'm just like, yeah, I took him, uh, but because I needed another shortstop. Uh, so 
yeah, I, I, I think that is that that's definitely a concern. Um, that, but he, he's an option. Uh, he, he's yet another guy. I mean, there's there's some ugly speed options late, but that's what they're late enough. It's okay. Yeah. You take you take Leody Tavares that late. You take Nick Gordon. Uh, you know, there. You take Dylan Moore there. That's fine. You know, you, you have to take somebody there, and you might. You know, if they win a job, and you're de- and you find yourself light in bags elsewhere, you lose some job battles. Well, that's that's not a bad option there. Some uh, some talk in the chat about Fab the first month. You know, with all these unsigned free agents, I think that's a really good point for drafts that are going on right now. Or you know, there's some online chips going on. And the Fab is going to be wild that first uh, that first week of the season. Be a lot of names. Um, I'm hoping that with my leagues, the, that that uh, everybody will be signed before I draft. If I go to the main event in late March, I'm hoping that uh, you know, we obviously have a deal and and guys have signed. So I'm hoping that isn't a big of an issue. But you're right for drafts that are going on right now. Um, that first Fab period is going to be a pretty wild one. Yep, for sure. Uh, you mentioned Dylan Moore. Uh, you know, I think that the, the issue with Dylan Moore is he was really bad last year. Hit 181, but 12 home runs, 21 stolen bases. I was kind of surprised he still had the 21 stolen bases. I thought he was so bad that there was nothing there. But he's probably a bench guy to start, which is obviously a pretty big problem. Strikeouts were up again. He dropped him in 2020 in that big year, and then back up in 2021. He was 29%. Um, hard hit rate crashed. Barrel rate dropped uh, more than 5%. I guess the thing with Moore is one injury and suddenly he's playing again every day. But uh, I don't think he's uh, – I think you're a huge batting average risk, but anybody that steals 21 bases is probably worth rostering at this point. Yeah, uh, probably so. Uh, the Mariners, they're going to be interesting because they have expectations this year finally yep. that they're going to be pretty good. Uh, coming just, off, just missed it last year, right? Just missed it last year, eliminated on the final day. Uh, they're not going to be as patient perhaps with some of these guys that are slower starters. Kelnick gets off to just about a start as he did last year. You know, he's going to probably get sent down again. So that's going to be that that's, that's one path there. So more could be, uh, and more was really good in 2020. He he had his moments in 2019. He's not that good of a hitter though. Uh, That's the other thing. But again, it's, it's commensurate with the cost. Exactly. Um, so I want to talk about a, a little bit of category management um, in, in I, terms of the offensive. Of I think we'll, we'll save the pitching uh, category yeah. guys for next Before week. you do that, though, can yeah, I mention a couple more of my guys that I think we please should do. talk about? Please do. Please uh, do. Lorenzo Cain, 368. Not flashy at all. Not up and coming. But and, and it's obvious. We always know it's it's health with him. Can he stay healthy? But Do you think – he had 13 stolen bases last year in half a season. I was about to say, do you think he'll still run at, at 35? But he did last year. Yeah, uh, I, I think so. Uh, and then riskier pick Bradley Zimmer uh, with the Cleveland Guardians again. Uh, not a great outfield again. I mean, but you, you can find other guys. But he's he's he, to me he's like Grady size more light uh, in terms of everything. If what if he Grady does, size, if Grady size more struck out. Grady size struck out about twice as much. But yeah, yeah. Come on, let me work with my comp for just a second. Don't <laughs> don't steal my sunshine. Um, I, I think though that there there's some yeah batting out there's a bigger risk to the downside on batting average right. but there's some power speed possibilities a team that might let their guys run a little bit more because I don't think this is going to be a very good offense I don't think it's going to be a very good team uh, but they've had Zimmer in the pipeline for a while they got other guys that are going to be coming up eventually this is it's like now or never for Zimmer and I think they're going to give them that rope to let them find out. 
And the one thing I will say for Zimmer, I joke about the strikeout rate. It was really bad last year, but he is uh, he is hitting the ball a lot harder. He's a 42.5% hard contact guy, 9.4% barrel. Um, so he did approve there. And he, you want to talk about speed. The dude is really fast. He was 97th percentile sprint speed last year. Um, there is no doubt if he can find a way to get on first base, which is always obviously the issue, OEP is 325. Um, he's fast enough where he can – he had 15 stolen base in 100 games last year. He could be a 20 stolen base guy pretty easily if he can figure out a way, maybe just strike out 5% less of the time, something like that. For sure. Um, so let's jump into a few other categories. Uh, you know, I want to talk about category manager for a second, but first a note from our sponsors at Thrive. Experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is an exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you claim your free Rotowire subscription. Number one, visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Secondly, uh, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And then third, plan your first paid contest entry. Receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. All on Thrive. Um, so, Jeff, I want to talk about real quick. You know, you get in a draft, uh, you're through the first, I don't know how many rounds, uh, 12 rounds or so in a 15, 15 in a 12-teamer. You're like, I'm I'm deficient in some offense categories here. We're going to talk about pitching next week, but I want to talk about a few offense categories. If you're deficient in home runs, you get to pick uh, 200. There are some names here that I think are really interesting. I'm curious who you like more. I've got Adam Duvall here. His ADP is 242. Luke Voigt is 269. I think Duvall is pretty locked in for playing time. DH helps him even a little bit more. You can slide him there with the, with the Braves. Um Adam Duvall was 38-113 last year. I think people forget just how much he contributed to the power stats. Um, and then Luke Voigt, um, you know, first base as of now, but there's talk that they could sign Freddie Freeman. They could sign Anthony Rizzo back. They could trade for Matt Olson. There's a lot of ways where, you know, Voigt's playing time goes away, but he's someone that – the problem with him is he gets hurt a lot. But when he's been healthy the last couple of years, he's been a huge power guy too. Do you have a preference between these two guys, or how do you feel about these guys as, you know, as someone that, you know, around 15 you need some power real quick? Uh, I, I kind of like them both. Um, I, I, Duvall was free last year. I mean, free to free in the majors, not just in fantasy too. Yeah, he was. Mean, uh, and then the Braves traded back for him after letting him walk and go to go to the Marlins. But you know, people don't realize he was the major league RBI leader last year. And uh, you could, you could win a lot of bar bets, uh, before Google, you could win a lot of bar bets because nobody, nobody's going that with the first 20 guesses. Yeah. Uh, agreed. And, you know, obviously a lot of that isn't coming on the lineup, but I mean, he did a lot of that with Florida, Miami. I mean, you know, it's not like that was a, a thriving lineup. Now he did do very well once he came back to the Braves uh, and was huge in the playoffs. The Braves are interesting to me because not only is Freddie Freeman not back, we don't know when we're going to get uh, uh, Acuna back, but like Soler is unsigned. Uh, Jock is unsigned. Uh, all the, you know, Eddie Rosario is unsigned. All Marcelo, these guys. Marcelo Zuna is a big who knows at the moment, right? Right, right. Yeah. And then they're they're young guys. They don't, I don't know if they're going to be able to if they're going to get that chance. You know, uh, they might be able. You know, who knows if they ever give a chance to Christian Pache again, or or for that matter, uh, who's the other kid I like, um, Drew, Drew Waters, Drew if they Waters. ever give him a chance. You know, it, it's there's a it's a big unknown there with the Braves. It's funny. You look at that lineup. You're like, how this team win the World Series? Then you realize that Freeman, Solaire, and Jock aren't in. You know, if you as you look at lineups, that they're not in there. So that's a big difference. Um, I usually don't care where guys sign. I really hope Freddie Freeman stays there. He just kind of seems to fit there. I hope he. Uh, I hope he stays there, especially coming off the win of the World Series. But I like Solaire too. Solaire. I mean, Solaire was huge in the World Series. Solaire yeah. hits the ball. Hits the ball a ton. Hits the ball really hard. Um, he's interesting to me wherever he ends up landing too. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. Same here. I'm all over Solaire. 
And both these guys are talking about, you know, Duvall, you know, look at you look a little deeper, 16% barrel rate. Uh, Luke Voigt, 16% barrel rate. These guys that legit power bats. Uh, you know, yep. Voigt, Voigt hit 263 and 277 in 2019 and 2020. Not a complete uh, complete death in the batting average category there, at least uh, at least before last year. For sure. Solaire for Rockies. Let's make it happen. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? He hit some rockets in that place. Solaire uh, for the Rangers. Give him another bat behind uh, Seager and Semyon. I still wish if I had gone if I had gone Solaire instead of Rosario the last round of the uh, of the NFBC playoff contest I would have won too and I oh, almost wow. did it I was like Rosario was so hot in the LCS I'm like there's just there's no way and then he I forget what it was but I think Solaire didn't play the first game with no DH and it kind of made my decision for me I forget what it was it was something like in that first lineup or with no DH in, in a couple of those games I was like I just can't do it and I know Rosario was going to play. Um, but uh, Solaire obviously had the better World Series, so uh, yeah, close. But last guy I want to mention home runs. Uh, we talked about the Guardians a bunch and kind of how they have some playing time open. Uh, Bobby Bradley's ADP is four ten. That's you know you're talking. These are the rounds where you know everybody's milling around the main event. You're not people aren't really paying attention anymore. Uh, hit sixteen home runs last year when he got called up in two hundred seventy nine plate appearances. Did hit two hundred eight. Um, I think it's very clear the strikeouts are going to crush his batting average. Strikeout rate uh, was 35%, but this is someone that can flat out hit the ball hard. He had a 16.8% barrel rate last year. Um, in 2019 in AAA, had 33 home runs and only 450 plate appearances. Um, if you need power and you have a you know have a decent batting average base buildup, or you need a power bat that uh, you can put on the bench and you know maybe play him you know to 40% of the time for some power and the batting average won't hurt you as much. Um, I think Bradley's intriguing and has shown that he can hit home runs at the major league level already. Agreed. I, I find him very interesting. Um, it was once a pretty decent prospect. He was. Uh, it's funny. Uh, in this draft, Carlos Santana and Bradley went back-to-back picks, which I, I thought that was perfect symmetry there. And I always loved Carlos Santana. Last year was just brutal. He was underrated how good he was in, I think, eight, 19 maybe, or was it 20? But And then underrated how bad he was last year. Yeah, it was it was nineteen because he was he hit two eighty one with thirty four bombs in nineteen, and yeah. then has hit uh, about two ten since. It's... And he's been left for dead a couple times, then bounced back. Yeah. You know, came up as a catcher. There's all sorts of wild stuff with him. I think I might finally be fully off, and that's someone that I always grab late in drafts and just like, nope, I'm gonna get some uh, gonna get some pop. Maybe it'll be a good batting average year. Maybe it won't be bad, but. Yeah, not so much. Uh, what about RBI? Obviously, these guys kind of work for RBI also. But uh, you mentioned Nathaniel Lowe earlier. His ADP is about two thirty. Um, is this someone that uh, you know had a nice uh, strikeout drop last year, down to twenty five percent? Still not a great number, but better than it was. Um, should have a lot of RBI opportunities, though. Obviously, we're talking about categories here. Runs and RBIs are kind of hard to figure out sometimes because it's just uh, you know it's tough to figure out uh, you know what situation is going to be, where lineup's going to be. But he's someone that. Can be hitting fifth behind Semyon, Seager, and Adolis Garcia. Like that should be a lot of opportunities. Uh, it's hard to predict RBIs, but that's a pretty good spot. The Statcast stuff seems to like him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they don't like their machine. They're just numbers, so they don't like. But you know what I'm saying. His Statcast metrics are good. Yeah. Let's, let's rephrase. Is it 45 percent hard hit last year? The barrel a little bit under ten percent. Um, I like the strikeout drop. He, he, he threw an eight stolen bases last year. I was uh, yeah. a little surprised when I saw that too. You're gonna give me. Uh, I don't know. Give me 75 RBIs with 20 home runs and eight steals. The, that works at the ADP. I think. However, and this is a big, however, oh, I like our outlook, our outlook mentions this. He could become Eric Hosmer 2.0 oh. in the ground ball sense. Uh, he, in September, it was like a 63% ground ball rate. Oof. Last two months, it was, it was our second half is 59.4 total was 55%. That's a lot of ground balls. That Hard is. to hit ground balls out of the park. I'm told. 
Yeah, it's uh, 54.5% on the season. So that is, that is rough. You, if you're going to 27% fly ball rates, like you said, going to be tough to a lot of home runs. Um, so maybe not for home runs, but I still think the RBIs work with those guys hitting in front of him. But yeah, if he's not hitting for any pop, he might get moved down there a little yeah. bit. Um, what about batting average? Batting average is always a tough category to find late. Um, every time I look at Michael Brantley, I'm surprised by his ADP, and I think I have it wrong. And his ADP is still 258. Um, I would take Michael Brantley there every single day. I think he'll move up a little bit as we get into later drafts. But I mean, he's got hit, he's hit 299 or higher the last five years. We're not talking 265 or higher. We're talking 299 or higher. Um, mm-hmm. Last year he hit 311, only eight home runs. I get the year. I get what you're giving up here, and it has to fit your team build. But you know, 508 plate appearances of 311 has a lot of value. If he hits second for this lineup, he's going to score some runs. Um, hard hit rate was a career high last year, 43%. Strikeout rate was down to 10.5%, which is a bonkers number in this day and age in baseball. But uh, I just think, you know, you, you have to you have to have the right build. You're not going to get stolen base out of him anymore. That's that's long gone. You're not getting home runs. But batting average of runs at this price, I think, come pretty nicely. Yeah, he pairs well with, uh, like, Stanton or yeah. something like that. Uh, you know, just realize, too, the other thing that's kind of working against him is he's getting replaced in the field a few times here and there now, too. Uh to the point where Jordan Alvarez qualified in the outfield, yep. uh, you know, and he only played hundred and Brantley only played 121 games. I, you know, the thing is he's kind of, he's that stable stock. There's, there's not a whole lot of upside left, but what he does, he does very well. Uh, I think people want upside chasing upside and for good reason. Yeah, for sure. I just think he, I think there's so many guys in like the you know sixth to twelfth round, like, oh, I can get a lot of pop here, but I'm worried about the batting average. He just like you said, sure. like he just he pairs nicely with so many of those guys. And I just think yeah. if you get me, give me one of my five outfield spots where I realize I'm giving up some home runs. You know, I'm hoping maybe I get twelve to fourteen, but you're gonna hit three hundred. Uh, I think I can work around that and and figure everything the rest out. If you're gonna give me all those plate appearances at three hundred. Yeah. You're also giving up RBI with him. He's had one good RBI year in the last, since 2015. He had in 2019 happy fun ball year. He went 22 and 90. I mean, that that's, that's phenomenal if you're getting that from Brantley, but last year was eight and 47. Yeah. No, and last, last year was definitely rough power. He'd have, he had 68 runs scored, which is pretty good in 121 games. I think if he, it, Matt, it's obviously it's a two category game. player. All of a sudden he's just averaging runs then all of a sudden. Yep. And, and it's not a guy you can start every week suddenly too. That's that's also a problem. Universal DH will help just for those whatever interleague games that they have. They don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Uh, so that, that gives them a few extra games. Uh, I wonder, you know, if the you know if he, he starts getting platooned a little bit more, something like that happens. Although I, I'm trying to look to see how bad his, his lefty righty splits are. It was bad. Oh, it was, bad. It was, bad oh, it was really year. bad. Yeah, he had 220 oh. against lefties last year. 575 OPS against lefties yep. and 180 plate appearances. Okay, I'm less interested now because that's that that's the type of guy that needs to get a replacement, and it's a, a you know it's a pretty stark difference. You have to look and see that schedule now. What you might want to do too is start analyzing. This is where you have to start getting digging a little bit deeper. Okay, how many lefties are in the division? You know how many? You know, and you have to kind of go. Okay, the, the Mariners have this. The, the, yeah. You know, the you start eight, going. Eight, eight have one. Yeah, for now. Um, for I'm now. sorry. Was that too soon? Um, oh, you, you mean because we're going to add uh, Clayton Kershaw? Yes, exactly. That's yeah, right. So we'll have we'll have two really quickly. That's a good. That's yeah, a good point. Exactly. The only good starting pitcher on the free agent market, by the way, um, it it's really bad. Carlos Rodon. Yeah. Okay. Two, and he's also that, lefty. It's really kind of it though. There's it, it goes it goes off a cliff fast. And well, that's the thing is the good ones have have like this really awful string attached. And, you know, their 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 elbow is attached by a string yeah. or shoulder, as the case may be with Rodon. 
Yeah, it's it's funny because everybody's like, oh, there's gonna be all these free agent signs. There's gonna be, but you're right. The starting pitcher ones are not very sexy or interesting. Right. So we might see trades instead. That's uh, true. I, this is why you hear about Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo and trade talks, trade rumors, um, or and- or Sean Maniah, Chris Bassett, and Frankie Montas. Because the A's do have one thing. It's a, it's a little bit of starting pitching depth that people would like. Yep. Oh, I'd like to, I, Sonny Gray. Uh, I like Sonny Gray anyway, but yeah, if he were to end up on a on a good contending team, well, I'd we like know him. he's not going to the Yankees. We know that. I think that's. I don't think the Mets are in the picture. Either. I think he's avoiding New York completely. Correct. Or Boston, or any place with like a huge. In top. so much that he has choice in this, yes. Uh, that's that's true too. Um, the other batting average guy we kind of mentioned him a little bit earlier. Nick Madrigal is someone that I have trouble figuring out. Like we talk about we talk about Brantley with batting average, nothing else. Like this is the extreme Brantley. Uh, Madrigal had two home runs and one steal last year in 250 plant appearances. So I mm-hmm. kind of thought he would be a batting average steals and runs kind of guy. It has not worked out that way so far. Um, you are really hoping he hits 300 because if he doesn't, you are beyond empty here. Uh, 22.8% hard hit rate, 1.1% barrel. There's no sort of loud kind of coming from this bat. You're not getting RBIs. You're not getting home runs. Do you think he finds a way to steal? He stole in the minors. He had uh, he had yeah. 31, 31 stolen bases and oh, actually thirty five in twenty nineteen and in across in three different levels. levels. Yeah, he had two hundred fifty plate appearances last year and he ran three times. He was one for three. Uh, maybe that was a uh, you know Chicago and there's no reason to run because they got all these big boppers and then he's got caught twice and then run again. I think he'd probably run more in, in, with the Cubs, but uh, concerning he has three stolen bases in his, in his major league career. I've always thought White Sox kind of underperform in stolen bases a little yeah. bit. Um, and I don't know if that's a managerial thing because it's two different managers over the year over the last couple of years. Uh, I don't see TLR as a guy that's anti stolen base necessarily. Uh, so I don't know. Um, I, I, I think there's a reasonable case to get him at this price at the very least. So what was the ADP is like, wait, 290? Yeah, 293. So, yeah, yeah. So sure. Um, I could see it again. You're, you're definitely giving up two categories here. Yeah. I mean, and not just giving up, but really giving up two categories. Yeah, like uh, almost. I mean, you're going to get two home runs. You're going to get yeah. 25 RBIs. I mean, you're, you pretty much are dead zeros there. I think he's got to steal 12 to 15 bases to work. Yeah, and he might have a green light. Again, this is where the lockout really sucks, though, because at least we'd have a health update on him right now. Yep. You know, how, how'd it go in recovering from it? I, I like that he got it taken care of. I hate that it's a hamstring thing because obviously if it ever recurs, he's not running at all. Um, and so that's the thing you have to worry about. I mean, it was a nasty tear. And we uh, talk, we talk about the flurry of free agent signings, the flurry of injury news, those first like two days of spring training, summer training, whatever you're calling it now, those are going to be wild too. Like there's going to be guys moving up and down ADP based on injury news. I mean, all these pitchers, they're coming back from injury. Oh, Clevenger yeah. and Justin Verlander, like, their first outing, if they're throwing 96 versus throwing 88, are going to be just massive differences. Too. Not to mention all the surprise TGSs that we're going to get and of things course. like that. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure you've got guys that got side. hurt. And yeah, it's, yeah. It, the, the, new, the news flurry is going to be almost as great as the free agent flurry. So uh, we've got a little bit long here, but quick uh, run score. Run score is a tough category if you get behind. Uh, you, as, you, yep. as you scroll through like any projection system with or like last year's stats with run scored, all the guys at the top of the runs leaderboard are all the elite players. It's all the studs, all the guys that have been gone for 20 rounds. Um, the first guy that's kind of interesting to me, though, is Brandon Nimmo in, in New York. His ADP is 285, hit 292 last year, only eight home runs, five stolen bases, but uh, you know, always seems to get hurt. But this is a guy back-to-back years with an OBP over 400. We talked about all these guys down here like, oh, they're yeah. OBP's 325, can they stick? This guy's OBP is over 400. Uh, makes sense for him to lead off. If you're a smart team, you had him hit lead off. And he goes, be to, you go Starling Marte, Francisco Lizdor, Pete Alonso behind him. Like that is a 
lot of runs if, if Nimmo can get on base. Uh, nice bump in his hard contact up to 41%. So maybe you know, showed a little bit of improvement as a hitter. K rate's 20%. I think we're fine there in, in this day and age of baseball. But he's someone that just has to stay in the field. But I think you're looking at a guy that really could help you in runs scored if, he, uh, if that's the case. I agree. I'd agree with that. Uh, I, I got him in a lot of places last year. Didn't really work out very well, but uh, I think that 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 you're on track. It's you, you search for some undervalued ADP. I mean, OBP uh, yeah. is is the pathway to uh, getting some runs because almost always there it's runs are necessarily correlated with batting average. So that's good when you, you if you go with the batting average guys, you're usually going to get the runs too. We, we mentioned some exceptions here and there, but you know. Batting average usually equals on base. So uh, with with a and few, he hit, he hit two ninety two and two eight the last couple of years. So that that your your point there definitely stands pretty well. Yeah. Uh, so I mean that that's what you're looking for. Uh, it's hard to get standalone runs for sure. I mean, uh, Mark Canna had a first half that was crazy like that. We've talked about that before. He's actually probably undervalued just a smidge. Um, although I don't like the move to New York, but that lineup is actually. Like just full of guys. I don't want to use chalk full again. I already used that phrase. So I'm going to try to find another one. It's just brimming with undervalued hitters. Guys are bounce back hitters, if you will. Although I think we said last year they might need like universal double DH for them to get everybody in because they, they have so many guys that can't play defense that can hit. It's a weird, a weird National League build. They might need universal faith healer too to you know, just cure all their woes. But uh, be true also. Yeah, you know, cash usually works. Uh, it it does, and, and uh, Canna is weird. Like I thought he was a pretty decent outfield. You look at you look at some of the, like defensive WAR metrics, and they do not agree with that at all. He was not very good. So um, I don't know another guy out there that maybe uh, running around like Jeff McNeil is never a great thing. Yeah. Can I throw one other name? It's kind of cheating. Please do no cheat away. One ninety seven ADP, but Yuli Gurriel is a guy I feel like it's underappreciated. Average in runs, he's not a big bopper, but he's he's pretty much always there in the, the, those two categories. Uh, he, he's like, he's kind of the right-handed Brantley in a way. Except he was 80-80 in runs and RBIs last year. Yeah. So we talk about some of the some of the deficiencies with Brantley and some of these other guys. Like, it's a good point because 83 runs and 81 RBIs, like he didn't hurt you anywhere except for stolen bases last year. Yeah. If you're one of those never early first base types, yep. really Gurriel is your wheelhouse. And you look at it, he has, he's hit over 291 for the last five years. Like, that is a really yeah. good batting average guy. And, Hit 31 home runs in 2019. I think he's a very much a happy fun ball guy that year. But, you know, you give me 15 home runs like last year and uh, give me th- he hit three, he hit 320 last year. Like he's mm-hmm. he's always someone in the, that like 13th, 14th round. I'm like, all right, I'll just take Gurriel because he's sitting there and nobody wants to do it. And it, it, it almost always works out. Yep. Good call right there. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely hit the pitching ones. Uh, pitching ones uh, next week. We'll talk about uh, some, you know, later pitchers that uh, can help you in certain categories. But uh, thanks everyone for listening to the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. We appreciate everybody listening or watching uh, all season long. If you want to follow Jeff on Twitter, he's at Jeff underscore Erickson. I am at Scott Jenstead. Uh, we'll certainly answer questions and talk baseball there. Hopefully, we have some some positive baseball chatter this week. I have uh, my first glint of a little bit of optimism. In fact, I'm meeting every day. Hopefully, we get some uh, some good news. I'm gonna try not to get down on the bad news because there's gonna be some of that for sure too right on knock on wood um just hope there's some productive uh, negotiations face to face and they last longer than 15 minutes agreed there uh the are you in the, you're in the are you in the raz slam i think it starts this week i am in raz slam i th- think we might have gotten draft order already i haven't i didn't get a chance to check that email but i know it starts tuesday so it's like that a time. points cut line format right it is okay. it is uh, well, beautiful. So we'll be uh, we'll be doing a little drafting there this week. So uh, thanks everybody for listening. We really appreciate that. If you can please rate and review the podcast, it helps out a lot. Also, other than that, hope everybody has a fantastic week. We'll be back at you next Sunday night. Take care.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.